gagged, defeated, deranged, confused, disassembling before our eyes. All these words describe Donald Trump over the past few days. Since our last show, last Thursday, we have seen Donald Trump in rapid decline. Let's first go to Washington, D.C., federal court, where Judge Tanya Chutkin reimposed the gag order on Donald Trump, which had been temporarily stayed, and it was now reimposed after Donald Trump engaged in more witness tampering, this against his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and like a petulant third-grade fascist bully said about Mark Meadows, quote, a weakling and a, quote, Howard. I mean, what are you talking about? And then Donald Trump continued to post more deranged things after the gag order was reimposed. We will break it down. In Sioux City, Iowa, Donald Trump thought he was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And throughout the weekend in speeches, whether it was in Sioux City, not Sioux Falls, or Las Vegas, Donald Trump just continued to short circuit. He would blame the lights for not being able to read. There was a lot of very concerning moments. And we've been leading the coverage here at Midas Touch Network about that. I don't know if you've seen this, Brett Jordy or others out there. Legacy Media is now following our coverage. And yes. they are finally reporting about it because we're putting it out there and it's clear and convincing. Also, we're in week five of the New York civil fraud case against Donald Trump. And later this week, it's time for Don Jr. and Eric to testify. Next week is Ivanka and Donald Trump. She was supposed to go this week, but that got moved to next week. And let's not forget about the other just damaging testimony that's happening on a daily basis. We're covering it here on the Midas Touch Network. Like today, Raymond Flores, you know Raymond, right? A former Trump Organization vice president. Well, Raymond testified today under penalty of perjury. He worked at the Trump Organization that it was the Trump Organization itself that made the valuation of Mar-a-Lago at being $26 million, not – $1.5 billion, and that they very intentionally checked the box, or checked the box, we checked the box, they checked the box that it was a commercial property, not a residential property, so that they could pay lower property taxes. I'm surprised everything that Donald Trump says is a lie, but I'm sure Donald Trump will say, uh, Raymond Flores, who? Who's that? I don't know. We don't know who Raymond Flores is. Wait for that to happen. And Coffee Republicans boy. also have selective memory. They're trying to very quietly bury the impeachment inquiry into President Biden, right? MAGA Republican James Comer, who chairs the Oversight Committee, says that I think we're going to focus more on depositions. Well, newsflash, you did depositions. And when <laughs> Democrats tried to introduce the transcripts, of the depositions you took, which you claim was bombshell evidence, you wouldn't allow Democrats to introduce your evidence into the congressional testimony. Think about that. And earlier today, MAGA Republicans under their new Speaker of the House, MAGA Mike Johnson, released their first piece of legislation. It's for foreign military aid. It provides no money at all to Ukraine, $14.3 billion to Israel, with a stipulation that the IRS must be defunded by $14.3 billion. 
Republicans are now intentionally increasing the deficit, claiming they are decreasing the deficit, screwing Ukraine, and playing games with our national security all at once. Finally, President Biden announced a historic deal. This is what actual deal-making looks like between the United Auto Workers and the big three car manufacturers, raising wages for workers by more than 30%, improving working conditions, more jobs, more paid leave, and other critical benefits. And President Biden had been there every step of the way and didn't blink. This, by the way, as GDP grew to record levels of 4.9% in the third quarter. Remember when the media was praising Donald Trump for like 2.7% increases? Remember that? 4.9% in the third quarter. Oh yeah, and then a disqualification case against Donald Trump went to trial today for under the 14th Amendment Section 3 in Colorado. So in other words, We've got a lot to discuss on today's show. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Brett. And yes, we've got Jordy ain't leaving us. He wasn't just one show last week. Jordy's here. I was here here last week. We can't do this every week that it's a surprise I'm here. I mean, I literally, we're not going to do that every show. It's nice of you to show up today, Jordy. It's good to see you. I'm just kidding. It's great to see you. We had a great uh, chat with our Patreons today. That was a whole lot of fun. Uh, Thanks to everybody who signs up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash Midas Touch for joining us. It's always so fun to answer your questions, and there's so much going on. You know, I was going to joke about how do we keep track of all these trials? Uh, Everything is going on. Well, the Midas Touch Network, we got them, uh, we got us, (laughs) we got our great team of researchers. That's literally what we do for a living. We've got the editorial staff of MidasTouch.com, and so we're here to put it all together and to bring it all to you. I wonder if Trump could even keep track of all of his legal troubles. He's like in court more than most attorneys are in court, I think, at this point between every single trial across the country. I thought the Colorado uh, trial today was very interesting. You had Representative Eric Swalwell actually testifying against Trump, giving his account of his harrowing experience during January 6th. Just a lot of very interesting things going on. And I love that we're going to be able to follow up on this episode about the United Auto Workers, those union workers who stuck it out, who fought and who won big in their negotiations. A huge shout out to all the union workers who listen to the Midas Touch podcast and all the union workers out there in general. Jordy, always great to see your face here. Just joking with you before, but it's great (laughs) to have you here. What's up, man? Great to be here. Cannot wait for today's show. You know what? I, let's just get into it. There's a lot to cover. Ben, well, where, you, where do you want you to ask for it? It is here. Judge Arthur and Goron emojis. Yes. <laughs> really? Really? We have one? So we've made a Judge Arthur <laughs> and Goron emoji for our YouTube members, which is different than our Patreon. Let's we go. will release the Goron. Ooh, condition. 300 new memberships. So if there are 300 new memberships, we will release the Judge Ngoron emojis. And look, after all, Donald Trump and Don Jr. accused Midas Touch Network of giving Judge Ngoron his order. So we might as well make an emoji for him (laughs) while we're at it. We need that. We need that. The Midas Mighty will not let us down. And just a reminder, you could give people memberships if you already have memberships. Ben, 300? You, you, you think we could hit that? 
Oh, I think we can hit 300 before. All right. The first I'll, I'll break. Keep Let's get I'll right keep into count. it. Federal Judge Tanya Chutkin in Washington, D.C. reinstated the gag order on Donald Trump. She temporarily stayed her order because she wanted to give Donald Trump the opportunity to make his argument why he thought the order should be reconsidered. That's her style. She's very diligent. But I think she also did it as well to help build the appellate record because she knew that even if she just did it for five days where she stayed it and stopped its enforcement, that Donald Trump would immediately violate it. And (laughs) that's what he did absolutely right away by starting to attack witnesses like his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows. And so what she's able to do, right, where Donald Trump's going to argue you know, it's not required. There doesn't need to be a gag order. There are other uh, less restrictive measures. What she's able to say, which she just did in the order, it's why it was just so brilliant, is, well, if you say that's the case, then why, when the order was imposed for a short period of time, it stopped? And then as soon as it was temporarily stayed, you engaged in the conduct. Clearly, you prove that the gag order works And clearly, you are incapable, Donald Trump, of conducting yourself the way all other criminal defendants conduct themselves. And by the way, there was a situation in federal court earlier in the day as well. I'm doing a hot take on it, um, where a January 6th insurrectionist follower, a Trumper by the name of Vitaly Gosjankowski, he copied Donald Trump. He's a January 6th insurrectionist who was convicted of felonies for January 6th for attacking police officers. What'd he do? He went on social media, started attacking federal agents, used horrific anti-Semitic language as well against the agents and horrible things about the agents, but was attacking agents online. So what did the Department of Justice do? Probably what they should do soon when it comes to Donald Trump when he violates the gag order. Department of Justice filed a motion to revoke the defendant's post-trial release. Here with Trump, it would be a pre-trial release. And as Jankowski, um, gosh, Jankowski was remanded into custody. Guess what he did? Started assaulting the police officers in court. Started uh, fighting with the police. He had to be restrained by like a dozen agents. He was described Mm -hmm. as being as big as a linebacker. But that just goes to show you, that's the modern day Republican Party for you. And I'm he wasn't Antifa, Ben. He didn't turn into Antifa when he was attacking the police. No, (laughs) yeah, the guy like that, man. I bet he's got the back the blue sticker on his truck. Don't know it for a fact, but fits the model. It's so it's so wild. I heard he was a Fed, Jordy. I heard he was a Fed plant. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, Makes sense. Ex- exactly. I'm, I'm seeing these signs a lot lately. I'm a Republican, but not a fool. Biden for president. I don't know if you've seen these signs going. That. These signs going funny. around because you could be part of the Gosh Jankowski crew. That's like the modern sure. day Republican Party. <laughs> it's like what in the world is that? Anyway, Judge Chutkin reimposed the gag order, and within a pretty short period of time, Donald Trump seemed to have potentially violated the order. Um, Here's what Donald Trump wrote. He goes, I called Bill Barr dumb, weak, slow-moving, lethargic, gutless, and lazy, a rhino who couldn't do the job. He just didn't want to be impeached, which the radical left lunatics were preparing to do. I was tough on him in the White House for good reason. So now this moron says about me to get even. His verbal skills are limited. 
Well, that's one I haven't heard before. Tell that to the biggest political crowds in history of politics by far. Bill Barr is a loser, kind of uh, proving Bill Barr's point there in the post. Loser, rhino, gutless, you know, and in Judge Chutkin's order, the fact that she reprimands him for saying that uh, Mark Meadows is a weakling and a coward, like, I, I, I can't even. It it always just shocks me, and it shouldn't anymore when legacy media and others just like normalize this behavior. I mean, like it's it's just a complete and and utter maniac. You know, when I did a video over this weekend about Donald Trump's behavior, and one of the things that Donald Trump does in his speech is like during the speech he does this thing where he goes like. You know, and, 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 you know, and the point I make that I said in the video is that I said, regardless of what the context is here, the fact that we have to even ask the context, the fact that we have, you know, goes to show you like how Donald Trump has like destroyed all norms. Like there should be no context at all where somebody running for the presidency is going, the context definitely makes it worse that it's part of Donald Trump's speech where he is mocking trans people and weightlifting. And I don't don't even know what he's talking about. It it makes it extra worse. But there's no behavior where like, could you imagine from elections in the past of like Romney versus Obama? You know, if Romney were to go up there and go, hey, everybody, like it, it is so demeaning, it is so embarrassing to our country to watch that behavior and go, "Yep, that's the leader of a of of a major political party in America." That's that's who we who we have. Like, I'd rather there be a robust pro democracy Republican Party of people who I vehemently disagree with on a lot of issues, but ultimately we support democracy with the Mitt Romney, with the Kinzinger, with the Liz Cheney, people who I definitely disagree with. But we can say this is a democracy, not as MAGA Mike Johnson says, a biblical republic where mass shootings are blamed on no fault divorces. It's what the MAGA Republican leader and the Speaker of the House says, that mass Mm -hmm. shootings are caused by no-fault divorces and the cultural revolution of the 1960s? What? Anyway, so Judge Chutkin's uh, gag order has been reimposed. And, And since it's been reimposed, by the way, Trump's been whining about it. But here's the thing. Trump is weak. Trump is cowardly. That's why, by the way, next week, I still don't think, and no one's saying this. It's it's a very it's 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 a it's interesting prediction. I don't think he can make it through his testimony in New York. I just don't. I don't think either he's going to invoke the fifth or come up with some excuse. I do not fathom a scenario where he can make it through two full days of testimony on cross examination. I think I think he's incapable of it. I don't know what you. Hmm. Well, just think about when he was called to the stand the other day. He was like a child on the stand when he got called uh, for violating the gag order before Judge Angoran, and he really didn't even want to say anything when he was on the stand there. And Angoran had to kind of treat him like he was a baby. And then Trump just blatantly lied, and immediately Judge Angoran was like, okay, 
the witness is not credible. Uh, I'm finding you. This is this is absolutely ridiculous. And so and that's a big thing also. The fact that Judge Angoran has actually stated that Trump under oath lied essentially is what Judge Engeron said when sure. Trump was called to the stand. I mean, that is a big deal. So that already before Trump even testifies, whether he does or does not, that is an absolutely major deal. And also, like I like to say, every time we're talking about the New York fraud trial, Trump already lost this case. He lost. He Trump, lost already. He's already lost. So when he comes out and he goes, actually, I won the case. Actually, they said that I won. Actually, like you know, actually, you've already lost the case. And then in reading Judge Chutkin's gag order, you know, it's it's interesting. I don't know if that's the right word, but to see Donald Trump's visceral and childish reactions to Judge Chutkin when she reimposed the gag order. I mean, that's to be expected from Donald Trump, because when you actually read the text of the order, and honestly, every decision Judge Chutkin makes, she is overwhelmingly fair. She is one of the most measured judges. She is gives the most measured opinions in her orders, and she even clearly delineates what Donald Trump is allowed to say and what he is not allowed to say. She talks about his attacks generally on the Justice Department, his attacks against President Biden, his attacks, his, his comments saying, I'm innocent, I did nothing wrong. She lists a bunch of examples of those things and goes, guess what? You're allowed to say all of them. Go crazy with it, right? These aren't the words she uses, but go 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 nuts, go wild. Say say the election was rigged. Say the Biden is behind. Whatever you want to say, whatever lies you want to spew, that's okay. But when it comes to the witnesses, the prosecutors, you can't threaten witnesses. Like that's just not something that criminal defendants are allowed to do. And so it's a very targeted order. And she probably could have went even broader with it, but it shows her judicial restraint. It shows how she's trying to try this case as a very balanced uh, justice. And it's actually, uh, you know, she's the best possible judge for this case at the end of the day. And Trump's reaction to it just shows how in the wrong he is, just shows how kind of dead to rights he is in the court with all these things, with just the mountain of evidence that is against him. Could you just imagine, though, again, George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, Mm -hmm. Bill Clinton, Romney, McCain, Bob Dole, you know, just behaving this way? I I, I mean, this to me is where this behavior should be it should be a nonpartisan thing this should just be condemned it, it, it is the the capital it's it's really beyond unhinged and every american who supports our government should look at this and go this is this is a crazy person like this is this is not normal behavior and you know, one of the things that I think are most important about Midas Touch, about what we do here at this network, though, is bring the facts, is bring the evidence, and focus on, okay, well, what's being said in the courtroom? What is being said? And one of the things that I often argue with, you know, when I have civil conversations with people who I guess are still MAGA-leaning, is I ask them, I just say, if what you are saying is true, then why isn't the MAGA saying the same? Why isn't the MAGA Republican when they are in court under oath 
why do they then say a different thing? Like, why is Mark Meadows saying one thing in his book, but then when he's under oath in court, he says a different thing? Why is Sidney Powell saying one thing on these crazy right-wing networks, but then in court saying another thing? And it's the same thing with Donald Trump and Eric and all of these things. So when we think about Eric Trump's testimony later this week, I think Eric's and Don Jr.'s testimony is going to be so explosive because also they're very scared people. You know, they go on their right-wing networks, they go in their little bubbles, but they are terrified. And I'll, and I'll show you just what Eric Trump looked like in his deposition back in March of this year when he was deposed. And again, if if Eric's supposed to be the leader of the Trump organization during the relevant time period, he was the one who was designated to run the, the Trump organization. So that means he's supposed to be the one who was involved in the appraisals. He's the one who's involved in, in, in operating the business. He's supposed to know what's going on. Let me show you what takes place or what took place when Eric Trump was deposed. This is a clip right here that we hadn't showed before. But when I watch this clip, I just see a weak, terrified person. And, and show this clip to people who you know who are MAGA. Because if you think this is like, a, if this is your view of like a tough, confident business guy, oof, play the clip. Um, and do you recognize the name David McCardle? Um, I recognize the name very vaguely. Um, and I, yeah, I recognize the name very, very vaguely. Uh, Cushman, Cushman Wakefield. Um, yes, I, I recognize the name. Um, and does this refresh your recollection that in mid-2014, um, Cushman and Wakefield had been retained to provide consulting services related to an analysis of the estimated value of a potential conservation easement on all or part of the Seven Springs estate? Uh, truthfully, Andy, it really doesn't. Um, this isn't to me. Um, I didn't sign this. This looked like it was something between Sherry Dillon um, and Cushman and Wakefield. Um, it's extremely consistent with what she would have done. Um, it's extremely inconsistent with what my role is at the company. I just don't I think I was very kind of clear that to the best of my knowledge, I really haven't been involved. Um, in appraisal work on this property. Well, um, are, are you saying that this engagement um, could have happened without your knowledge and approval? I'm just saying I don't remember this. Um, I'm not on here. I never signed this document. Um, I, I just don't seem to recall anything about this. You know, it's I pour concrete. I operate properties. I don't focus on appraisals between 
a law firm and a Cushman. This is just not it's not what I do in my day to day responsibilities. And, and I, I mean, I hardly recognize the name. Okay, Cushman oh. and what? Oh. <laughs> you could see the, the beads of sweat coming coming down from his face. That oh my goodness! I thought Eric was gonna cry. I thought he was gonna call his daddy in for for some help. I I, I, I pour I, I pour concrete. I pour concrete. I don't really do this sort of thing. I really I'm not know. familiar with concrete. appraisals that are in the hundreds of millions of dollars. That's- you run the business. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, just like to be clear, nothing wrong with being the guy who pours the concrete. Absolutely nothing. But when you put on this shtick for all these years- but Eric ain't pouring the concrete. That, that, <laughs> that you're the decision maker and you're not even pouring the concrete. Yeah, that's a great point. But when you put on this false bravado and you slick back your hair- when you act like you're this tough businessman and then you get whoo, you get questioned like that and it looks like you're going to cry. Oh, my goodness. Eric like, was he, a step away, Jordy, from like doing what Trump does to people on his own. Like he, he almost self-inflicted one of like the you know what? I, I was just the coffee boy. Cushman and Wakefield has annual revenues of over $10 billion a year. Like Cushman and Wakefield is far bigger by multiples than the Trump organization could ever wish to be. The fact that he's looking at Cushman and Wakefield, like anybody in real estate knows what Cushman and Wakefield is. Like it's the most, it's like one of the biggest companies out there. So the fact that he's like, what is this? Cushion? Is this a cushion and wake me a cushion and wake me up? I mean, and, and, and again, for all for all of the magasplainers out there who want to magasplain to me, you see, Ben, the fair market value is always over five thousand percent higher than what the appraisal is. It's over. Everybody knows that. Everyone knows that. Okay. The bottom line is also we're supposed to believe that Eric Trump doesn't know what Cushman and Wakefield is and and was not involved in the appraisal conversations. And here's one of the questions that I know some people may have. Why didn't Eric just invoke his Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination? He previously did. He tried to. But the problem is in a civil case like this, it's an adverse inference if you invoke your Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. So because for the Trumps, their money is more important than their life and liberty, mm-hmm. they, for this specific case, they don't invoke their Fifth because they know by invoking their Fifth, they basically admit to liability in a civil case. In a criminal case, when you invoke your Fifth, it is unconstitutional for the prosecutor during the case to go to the jury and say, you see why this so-and-so didn't testify or why they invoked the fifth? That means they are guilty. In a civil case, that's about money. You can do precisely that. You can go to the trier of fact, the jury, or in this case, Judge and Goron, and say, the reason this person invoked their Fifth Amendment is because they're liable and they're responsible. And had they answered these questions, they would be admitting liability. So he had to answer the questions. But mm-hmm. see, now I wonder if what they're trying to set up for next week is basically say, look, this was one big, or you know, later, this was a witch hunt. We're invoking the Fifth. This is all under protest. 
We are not even going to testify. They're just so cowardly. It is hard for me to believe that Donald Trump will sit there for two days. But let me know what you think. I, I, I've heard of the insanity defense, Ben, in in, in my you know brief legal experience expertise here. I've never heard of like just the blanket stupidity defense. Like that was truly a spectacular video of incompetence from from be, Eric be, Trump because they lie so much. That when you tell the truth, it's not really hard to sit through a deposition. But when right. everything is a lie, yeah. you have to then think through like, okay, what do I say here? How do I deal with that? He's thinking, how do I deal with the fact that I was aware of the fraud? It's The, the question makes it very clear cut. So his whole response is basically – I don't know who McArdle is, who, by the way, was an executive at Cushman and Wakefield. I don't do appraisals. And when McArdle testified last week, they showed that depot to McArdle. And they were like, is that your understanding of uh, Eric, that he pours concrete? And McArdle's like, no, he did the appraisal with me. What are you talking about? And so that's what's going on. But we will keep you posted with more on Eric Trump as as we learn more about the, this testimony taking place this week. I want to show you more about Donald Trump's speeches over the past 48 hours. I mean, you know, we've been saying, look, there's something I mean, deeper going on here. And you know, with these MAGA Republicans, it's always projection and confession. Mm -hmm. They're always trying to create exactly what's going on with him and say, that's Biden, that's Hunter, that's this, that's that, and the other thing. This is some wild stuff we're about to show you. Also, we've almost unlocked the Judge Ngoron emojis. Yes, we've almost we've almost unlocked it. So I appreciate the chat's been going wild. The chat has been going 71 more. 71 and 71 more. We've got 71 and we've got it. We unlock it. And Brett, will we load later for those who join? And Patreon's different than the YouTube memberships. I just want to be clear about that. For those who join patreon.com slash Midas Touch and miss today's chat, can we load that later for everybody as well so they can yeah, see we'll the, have Zoom the we'll have the we'll have the few full Zoom chat available on patreon.com slash Midas Touch after this. We so answered lots of questions. We answered yes, a we ton answered of a questions. Of love seeing everybody face Some intimate face. questions too. And intimate ones. Yeah. Intimate. It, it ran Very a gamut. That's what I love about the Patreon. You could ask us anything and we're open books. I'm, <laughs> I'm like Eric Trump. We, we don't lie. We don't have anything to hide. You know what's hard about the Eric Trump lies? Not, I, 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 they tell so many different lies to different people that it makes it even that much harder. So it's not like they told a lie to one person and they need to remember what the lie they told that one individual was. They told one story to one group of people, one story to another group of people, one story to another group of people. So they box themselves in in this web of lies where they cannot possibly even tell the truth at the end of the day. And that's why <laughs> you don't commit fraud. I mean, that's, 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 that's why you don't get yourself in these situations, Eric. And so that's something to look forward to. I think the schedule now is we got Wednesday, Don Jr., Thursday, Eric. Uh, Ivanka was originally scheduled for Friday. She got moved now till after Donald Trump is scheduled to go. And I think he's going on the 6th. So there is going to be a lot, a lot, a lot coming, a lot for us here to cover on the Midas Touch. Let me just, let me just, just let me just tease this. Sorry, Chuck. No, Brett just gave me a great idea for the after show today at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. We once spoke with Mary Trump, and we got the definitive answer of who she thinks is the dumbest Trump child. 
And so we, we have that. It's an, it's, it's an old video. We could definitely replay that, go through the question, go through some other things about happening next week. Ben, Brett, what do you think about that? I love that idea. And I also love that after this quick break, we're going to be showing what went down in Sioux City and Las Vegas. And it ain't pretty for Donald Trump Play after this quick break. Good health starts with good habits. Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need to care for your mouth. Every time you pop Quip's new mints, you'll be caring for your mouth both inside and out. Bold mint flavors keep your breath confidently fresh, and you'll get a boost of vitamin D. Quip's gum prevents cavities and freshens breath when chewed for 20 minutes after eating. It's sugar-free and has tooth-friendly xylitol with zero calories. It's also a long-lasting mint flavor with a crunchy tri-layer design. The slim, travel-ready dispenser is available in five colors, metal or plastic, packs and protects up to 10 pieces of gum or mints at a time, and fits in just about any purse or pocket for on the go. And so you know, the mint and gum isn't all Quip has to offer. The electric toothbrush has time sonic vibrations, with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute clean, and Quip's water flosser hits all the right spots, with a gentle, deep, clean pressure at the touch of a button. I truly have Quip to thank for my entire dental care routine, and I don't know where I'd be without them. If you go to getquip.com slash Midas right now, you'll get 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, and water flosser. That's your 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint, gum dispenser, water flosser at getquip.com slash Midas. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Midas. Quip, the good habits company. Weight management can be a very personal and difficult journey. What works for some may not work for others, and everyone's healthy weight is different. And we all know that losing weight and maintaining it can be a challenge. And it's often hard to find the solution that's right for you. You've probably heard about semaglutide, and you probably have questions like, do you qualify? Is it too expensive? Will your insurance not cover it? There's a solution. Henry Meds. Henry Meds offers affordable online weight management programs that utilizes compounded semaglutide. Compounded semaglutide has been used by doctors to help people lose weight and effectively keep it off. And unlike traditional weight loss medications, it's a non-stimulant and usable by more people. With Henry Meds, you just sign up online, speak to a licensed medical provider on the Henry Meds platform, and if you're qualified for treatment, you'll receive medication right to your door. There's no insurance needed. You'll receive compounded semaglutide at an affordable price, saving thousands with Henry Med's weight management program. Now, if you've ever wanted to try the popular weight loss medications out there, but your insurance won't cover it or it seems too expensive, try something new with Henry Med's. We've got a special offer for our audience. Visit henrymeds.com slash Midas and receive $50 off your first month by using promo code Midas. Henry Meds offers prescription weight loss medication that reduces your appetite and cravings. And the monthly cost includes the telehealth provider appointment and medication. No insurance required. Again, that's henrymeds.com slash Midas and receive $50 off your first month by using promo code Midas. Good ad reads, Jay. Let's go. Let's go. I got, my, I, got my quip, I got my quip mint uh, and gum dispenser right here. Quip is legit. People ask us all the time if we use, you know, I'd say 99% of the products here we, we use and genuinely love. So definitely check out Quip, y'all. It's amazing. And if you're interested in Henry Med, check them out as well. So let's talk about what went down in the past 48 hours. Uh, one in Sioux City, a speech Donald Trump gave there in Iowa. 
another uh, two speeches he gave in Las Vegas. And, you know, one of the reasons that we chronicle this, we also contrast it, which we'll do in a little bit with the types of speeches that President Biden is giving, where President Biden is speaking about the workers, where President Biden is talking about building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up, where President Biden is just talking about issues and in an adult-like manner. It's a bare threshold for me when it comes to politics. I'm not looking for kind of WWE cosplay fascism bad guy characters and giving them the nuclear code. Sorry, that's just not my 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 idea. But you know, Donald Trump's conduct has just gotten more and more and more unhinged with each and every speech. And, and, and one of the things and one of the reasons why I'm confident in 2024, but my confidence should not be viewed as in any way complacency. We need to make sure that we're registered, that we registered others in the pro-democracy community, and that we continue to do our part, everything that each one of us can do every single day we need to do. But you, you, you remember back in 2020, remember the stand back and stand by moment? And that yeah. was like a big deal. Stand back and stand by. And everyone's like, whoa. Okay, Donald Trump is making music with insurrectionists. He's releasing the songs. Dude, he calls them the J6 choir. On on Apple Music. Donald Trump on on a on a daily basis is giving speeches where he praises authoritarians and then mixes up where the country is. He said that Viktor Orban is the leader of Turkey. He was not. He's the leader of Hungary. He says that Hungary has a border with Russia and everything he always says about Viktor Orban. Like he knows in his mind, Viktor Orban, authoritarian, I must like him, but has no other fact about Viktor Orban at all or what Hungary is or where Hungary is located or, 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 or anything like this. So Donald Trump's going to have to go through three debates. And one of the things that MAGA Republicans did in 2020, and they're doing it again, is that the things that they say, and by the way, that legacy media buys into about President Biden, is they act like Biden can't even say words. Mm-hmm. Like he, he like can't even say words. Legacy media loves buying into that. Loves buying into that. So then when people actually see President Biden speak, like the important foreign policy speech he gave in the past two weeks, like the State of the Union. Every, you know, you always hear from the media, whoa, that was such a powerful moment. It's always pretty powerful. You, you just don't listen to him speak and you buy into narratives, They easy narratives, cheap narratives, both sides narratives. That's just what legacy media does. And that's one of the reasons we started the Midas Touch Network because I would look at these – cheap, easy to debunk, silly narratives, dangerous narratives, and just be like, yeah, but what are they basing that? Are they, they're just saying things just because? Like, can we go bring the, the the data here? So what will happen in these debate performances is President Biden's going to be the President Biden who we cover here on the Midas Touch Network. He's going to do a good job. Yes, he's older. But I like older statesmen. I think that's a good quality in a leader, right? And he's going to be older, but he's going to know his facts. He's going to be very competent and diligent and calm. He's going to know where countries are located. He's going to talk about policy. And I think you're going to see Americans react very favorably to that. And then you're going to have Donald Trump do things like this. 
Here's Donald Trump not knowing the city that he was in, and he had to be reminded about it. Here, play this clip. And a very big hello to a place where we've done very well, Sioux Falls. Thank you very much, Sioux Falls. And thank you. So, Sioux City, let me ask you. And again, the arrogance, he, he could have also have just said, like made a joke about it, that he messed up. Or, hey, I've been real. He goes right back into it, though, because he can't possibly fathom. His own pathology won't let him be wrong. And so he just goes on as though, oh, that's what I always meant. That's what I meant. That, that's what I, I think meant. he was genuinely befuddled, like like genuinely just completely confused by the whole situation. Like the look on his face, just his whole face kind of drooped down. And he looked at the guy and was trying to like take in what the guy said. It was local uh, Iowa state senator who came on stage and shook Donald Trump's hand. And it might be a little hard to hear if you're listening on the audio podcast, but what he said in Donald Trump's ear as he pulled Donald Trump close, that was picked up on the hot mic. He goes, because you're actually in Sioux City, you're, you're, the, the, the the name of the city is you're 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 saying you're in you're in the wrong place, and he had to treat him like he was a child and and actually remind him of of the facts. Well, well that 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 actually, Brett, you're getting to it. That, that was the look on his face, though, of a look of someone who for years has surrounded himself by yes men. Oh, he calls it this thing. Everyone around him will start calling it that thing. It's the first time in a while in front of a large group of people, actually even being televised, that someone went and corrected him and he had to admit that he was wrong. That was the look. It was the look of him not being surrounded by a total yes man in that situation. I'm sure the guy is a total yes man, but just for argument's sake here, it's the first time in a while he was actually corrected and didn't really have an out to make up a lie and actually say, no, I'm actually here, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's it, it, Why, you know, it's the universe that he surrounded himself within. Watch that state senator, though, because I'd be interested to see if there's a primary opponent who runs against them. I bet you Trump yeah. will do something retaliatory again. And by the way, like that state senator is a total MAGA chaos agent. That I think that was a state senator who had made some comments that the FBI is going to be coming after all MAGA. He's, he's going to have to just change the name of the city to appease Trump so that he could be like, right. No, right, right, right. But seriously, you're joking, <laughs> but, but, but really that that's the play in order for him to save face. But you know, there's that moment, right? But I think what we have to look for is patterns, right? It's it's easy to look mm -hmm. at that and say, okay, he 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 slipped, he made a mistake of the city name, you know, maybe maybe that was just it there, and I will concede that fact, right? But we have to look at the patterns that we've been witnessing, especially over these past few weeks, and we're going to get into a lot more clips. But just remember, a few weeks ago, Donald Trump went on a whole rant saying that Jeb Bush was president. And it was very clear that he did not just simply mess up the name Jeb Bush and George W. Bush because he spoke about running against Jeb Bush in the election. Uh, he spoke about Jeb Bush's campaign slogan. And then he spoke about Jeb Bush sending American troops to the Middle East. She's completely not with it. You've had him now on multiple occasions say that he's run against Barack Obama in the past or is running against Barack Obama in the future. You have him say things like President Biden led us into World War II. 
World War II, of course, has already happened. Like th- these things just continue to happen with increased frequency. And now it seems like every single time he gets behind a microphone, there are these incredible cognitive lapses that are also connected with like this bizarre, these bizarre outbursts of rage, which he didn't used to really do on stage. There used to be the occasional, you know, line that he had, but not like it is right now where he's just like ranting about the lighting or screaming at the microphones or just starting to like randomly curse at the crowd. Like it just, it's bizarre kind of unhinged, untethered from reality behavior that I think shows a very concerning mental decline. You know, he builds Victor Orban like into like a major part of his speech. This isn't like something that he wings. He talks about praising the authoritarian leader of Hungary, Viktor Orban, and he always messes it up. He either says Viktor Orban's the leader of Turkey or that Hungary shares a border with Russia or something. But like, just think about that. That is a major part of his speech, this like weak, odd, right-wing authoritarian Putin-ass kisser. Like that is who Donald Trump like puts in the speech in the United States of America. What? Here, Donald Trump claims that Hungary has a border with Russia, which it does not. Play this clip. Viktor Orban. Did anybody ever hear of Viktor Orban? He's the head of Hungary. Hungary fronts on both Ukraine and Russia. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. False. Here, Donald Trump just in another speech praises Viktor Orban. Play this clip. And I make this promise you as president, we will restore peace through strength on the earth, beyond on the earth. Viktor Orban said the other day, the only way that this world is going to be solved, he's a very strong man, as you know, from Hungary. And he's the boss. There's no doubt about it. He actually asked me for my endorsement and I gave it to him. I said, what do you need it for? He says, because I like to win by a lot. And and he did. But he said uh, they asked him a question at an interview and they said, what would you recommend to to Biden? And he said that I recommend that he resign immediately and put Trump in his place because during Trump, there were no problems. China respected us. Russia respected us. Everybody respected us. And he always is citing the the enemies. <laughs> he, he's never citing our ally, our allies and our military. How does he refer to them? Weak, dumb, stupid. Yeah. Victor Orban, Kim Jong Un, Vladimir Putin. It's never he the just, UK really appreciated our leadership. Canada really appreciated our leadership. France, you know, it's never, ever, ever that. It's wait till you hear what Kim Jong Un said about President Biden. You are not going to believe the negative things that it's like. Really, that these are your references here. You are going to praise dictators. You are going to praise the adversaries of America, and then you are not only going to ignore our allies, but you are going to actively attack our allies and attack our troops and attack our generals every single time. Here, this is where he says that Viktor Orban is the leader of Turkey. He's not. He's the leader of Hungary. Play this clip. You know, I was very honored as a man, Viktor Orban. Did anyone ever hear of him? He's probably like one of the strongest leaders anywhere in the world. And he uh, he's the leader of Right. He's the leader of Turkey fronts on both Russia. And he's doing the Russia thing again. And, fronts and, on and it doesn't front on Russia. <laughs> it's another country that doesn't front on Russia. 
I mean, again, remember there was a time where a politician who spelled potato the wrong way was disqualified. If you were in a windsurfing video, that was disqualifying. Heck, the precursor to the MAGA Republicans when Republicans were kind of the chicken hawk Republicans, they went after John Kerry, who served admirably in Vietnam for not being courageous enough in Vietnam, which was total and utterly false and trash. And now you have the Republican Party led by someone who literally praises Victor Orban, doesn't know where the borders are, has no clue the way the world even like looks, not like at a like existential philosophical level, how it looks like legitimately does not know where countries are on a map. And that's who they're like, yeah, give, give that guy the, the nuclear codes. Here, Donald Trump is unable to say the word terrorism. Play this clip. Colleges and universities will purge the anti-Semitism and pro-terrorism. Ter- uh, what, what you're doing, the terrorism. And so one of the things he does, because that moment happens a lot in his speeches now, what I've been noticing is when he starts the speech and throughout He will always blame something in the audience, every speech. It's part of the speech now. And he's doing it to cover up the fact that he's really struggling to speak. And so he'll he'll do things like the lights, the lights, it's the lights fault. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to fire somebody. You're fired. Like it's like it's (laughs) and it's part of every speech. That shtick, Ben, you're so right. It's been increasing more and more. But he like, let's go back during the presidency. Remember when there was the crying baby, how he handled the crying baby? It's like, get that baby out of here. I can't do my speech with that crying baby in the room. But now, Ben, to your point, it's every time. It's the lights, it's the microphone. I mean, the guy is literally like like, cognitively deteriorating like right before our eyes at every step of the way here he is in the most recent speech lashing out at the lighting play this clip and i apologize for those lights the only place i don't have a light up here so that means we're gonna have to wig it tonight okay there's no light they give us plenty of lights but not to read this crap look they write a beautiful they wrote me a beautiful speech i might as well throw it right out the window The one thing he's right about is that it is crap. And by the way, and it's not the first time recently he's blamed the lights. Here he is a few weeks ago blaming the lights as well. You know, we have these strong lights. As we get better and bigger, they get the lights get much more powerful. But you look like crap on television. I got it. I was going to tell my people. I'm telling my people now. I'm talking. This isn't for you. This is for these lights are so powerful. They probably cost a lot of money because we're doing so well. Everyone's sending in lots of cam. But these lights are no good. Number one, you can hardly see the audience. Number two, when you go home to watch it with our great first lady, how did I look? She said, you didn't look good, too much light. (laughs) These lights are terrible. They're terrible. They look pretty when you're here. You know, it's like lit up like like a Christmas tree. By the way, remember Christmas, by the way? We brought back Christmas. Remember Christmas? Christmas, that's, everybody. That's, the <laughs> that's, that's a wild moment, too, when he goes, and it lights up, and then his brain is like, lights, Christmas, Christmas tree. Like, remember mean, Christmas? It's a, scary, it's a scary way it all connects, but it's an old theater trick of why they make the lights so bright. And it is because they don't want him to see how truly empty the crowds are. So if they could blind him, his yes men around him could tell, oh, sir, it was packed. Everyone was all all over the rafters. You had 30,000 people there. It's one of the reasons why they make it so bright and blind the guy. He's talking about lights. 
He's so angry at lights like he is against windmills. That's going to be his new running point. He's going to be, we got to ban these lights. <laughs> Guys, Alternative unhinged. points, the lights are fine. And yeah. he is unable to. The light, exactly. The lights, the, <laughs> the lights are actually normal lights. Here he is yeah. complaining about his microphone. Here, play this clip. And I'm glad it's such, because this is the worst microphone I think I've ever had. I hope you can hear me back there. Justin, don't pay the bill for this mic. I'm blowing out my voice talking to this stupid mic. This is the worst mic I've ever had. Okay, now we'll get back to the speech. I'm trying to get their attention. Turn up the mic. Is it okay? And then I don't pay a bill and they say, Trump doesn't pay his contractors. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's saying. I, I, I mean, the, the reality of this, he's doing that because he's lost. Yeah. And he's saying things to try to remember like where he even is right now. And so he blames, this is every speech, blames the lights, blames the mic, praises Viktor Orban, attacks NATO. Just think about this speech. You know, it, this is the stump speech. And we're going to compare it to what President Biden's talking about. So, so don't worry. But the speech is you go in there, praise Putin, praise Kim Jong-un, yell at the lights, yell at the mic, praise Viktor Orban, attack special counsel Jack Smith, mock President Biden, mm -hmm. start doing like a grunting noise, and go, uh, uh, you know, start, start doing that, and then attack NATO. And then and then leave the stage. That's that's what he does. This is him attacking NATO and saying that he told our allies. Remember, he says Victor Orban he loves, but to our actual allies, he told them that he will not defend them if Russia attacks them. Play this clip. Not going to protect you any longer. And I remember the head of a country stood up, said, does that mean that if Russia attacks my country, you will not be there? That's right. That's what it means. I will not protect you. That right there is the most chilling of anything he said during the speech, in my opinion. I mean, that clip alone, that those 11 seconds, or however long that clip was, is disqualifying enough. Had anybody ever said that throughout our history since the existence of NATO, they would be considered disqualified for the presidency. But this is this MAGA Republican Party's leader. This is their cult leader. Couldn't agree more with you. And I want to show you President Biden, what he's been saying. I want to talk also about the MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives, their first piece of legislation with MAGA Mike, which is to try to tie foreign aid with defunding the IRS, which will actually increase the deficit and they're trying to act like that's going to decrease the deficit when they are the ones who added $8 trillion to the deficit. I've used this time and time again. I've called it MAGA-splaining and it, it, it's, it's worse than even mansplaining, which is really bad. But MAGA-splaining, when you have this conversation with them and they're like, let me explain to you how we need to be fiscally disciplined here. It's like, well, weren't you the people who added $8 trillion to the deficit and printed money so haphazardly like the most in American history? Well, let us lecture you about how you need to do. Let me, let's start 
with cutting your Social Security and your Medicare. But but didn't you give billionaires all of these tax cuts and allow them to write off their private jets and their yachts, and, and, and now you want to cut my Social Security and my Medicare? Desperate times call for des- – and they say it like that. They say it like arrogant jerks too. Desperate times call for desperate measures and there's an emergency right now. Yeah, one that you created. <laughs> you created it. $8 trillion was caused by you. Here's the thing. Democrats, though, need to do a better job messaging it the way that I just did. It's very easy to remember $8 trillion. T like Trump. Trump and the MAGA Republicans caused $8 trillion to our deficit. They are the arsonists. And now they want to magasplain to the firefighters and blame them and say, looks like you created this fire. I am going to tell you how to put it out. The way we put it out is we abolish the fire department. That's what they are doing. Let's talk about this and more, but let's take our last quick break of the day. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. That was the sound of the NutriSense Biosensor. It's a small device that you put on the back of your arm that then provides real-time feedback on how your body responds to foods that you're eating, your exercise, stress, and even your sleep. With NutriSense, you just take a photo of your meal. You adjust for the portion size and NutriSense does the rest. NutriSense helps you track your data, see your glucose trends, and understand your macronutrient breakdown for each meal. You also get an overall glucose score for each meal based on your body's response. You'll be matched with a board-certified nutritionist who will review your data and answer all your questions. Plus, they can help you with a personalized nutrition plan so that you can achieve all of your goals. You should try NutriSense today. It will open your eyes in profound ways to how your food, exercise, and lifestyle choices are affecting you. What's more, it empowers you with a real-time feedback loop showing the consequences of your food and lifestyle choices. It's a powerful tool, understanding your body and affecting positive change in your life. You can get all of this today. NutriSense has a special offer for our listeners. Visit NutriSense.com slash Midas and use code Midas to start decoding your body's messages and pave the way for a healthier life. Be sure to tell them that you learned about NutriSense on the Midas Touch podcast. It will really help. That's NutriSense.com slash Midas to save $30 off your first month. Plus, get a month of board-certified nutritionist support. Former Vice President Mike Pence has dropped out of the presidential race, but nobody cares. What people care about is the Judge Arthur Ngoron emoji has, I think, far more people. Let's go. At least 14,000 people who are here live concurrent, making this one of the most. The Ngoron emoji had more supporters than Pence (laughs) by at least 400 times, easily. (laughs) The, the Angoran emoji has been used already more times than people who have said that they would support Mike Pence for his presidential race. <laughs> his supporter must be absolutely devastated that he <laughs> dropped out of this race. Personally, I think Mike Pence should have been forced to carry this thing to term. But if he wants to, you know, in this early, that's a, that's that, that's up to Mike Pence, I guess. But hey, but real quick, I, shout out to the Midas Mighty for 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 unlocking that Angoran emoji. I mean, everyone's been using it in the chat. It's awesome to see y'all the best i knew we could do it before the show <laughs> ended see, thank you did you see some of the crowds he was getting by the end of like the, the i guess the end of his campaign at this point he you're posted, gonna call them crowds 
I'm really right. It's very generous. Gat one we, gatherings. The gatherings fence was getting. We, we posted one of these on our Instagram. Uh, for those who are following us on Instagram at Midas Touch, and it was a picture of a crowd at one of his events, and there were like six people, and I couldn't tell like what even it was. It looked like maybe it was a pharmacy or a store. I, I don't even know like what it was, but. At that point, I was like, how does this guy not just pack it in at this point? Like, this is this is just embarrassing. It just shows you, though, you know, when you have zero conviction, when you mm-hmm. kind of want to play all sides of the issue, like P- Pence's whole thing was like, oh, I'm this constitutional guy to do my duty on January 6th. But then, like, you're still like, yeah, maybe I'll support Trump, the guy who tried to hang me, the guy who supported. It's like you, you can't play both sides of that fence. If you're going to want to market yourself as the guy who has conviction, as the guy who stood up for our democracy, then go all in and defend our democracy. Sure. You don't hedge, okay? And yeah, now I'm you- curious to see what a guy like Pence does in terms of endorsements. Not that his endorsement has any weight to it whatsoever. I'm just curious to see how he's trying to position himself politically in a world where at this point he's basically pissed off all ends of the political spectrum and nobody likes the guy. (laughs) Well, Ben talks about it here all the time on the show. Ben's favorite expression on the show is the MAGA hokey pokey. And it's like when you want to pretend that you have some sort of spine and then you fall right back into the traps of, you know, just falling in line with MAGA. And so that's what Pence was constantly doing. And so when you do have no moral convictions about anything, I mean, the MAGA hokey pokey is a game everybody loses who plays it. And Pence was just another domino to fall in that game. Pence's sole constituency was one mosquito. That the, fly. the fly. The fly. The fly. The fly was on his head longer than he stayed in the race. <laughs> now it's a mosquito. I'm going. I'm going to go with the mosquito for for, for him. A little you Jim Jordan. A little Jim Jordan. James evolve from a fly to a mosquito. He doesn't believe in evolution, Ben. Well, you know, I'll, I'll evolve from a fly to a mosquito in this part of this transition, which <laughs> my, my 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 Jim Jordan. Just let it let it be. My Jim Jordan reference. Of um, like Jim Jordan, James Comer, all these MAGA Republicans in the House. I've, I've described him before as these like MAGA Republican mosquitoes. Like here comes Jim Jordan. It's like get the mosquito away from me. Get this guy. This guy is creepy. Get this creepy mosquito. Away. Like that's Jim Jordan coming in. Wah, 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 wah. And one of the funny things to watch was during these impeachments. You've had some unbelievable noises and, and and just mannerisms during the stream. I hope someone just cuts together all of them because Ben. One of the things during the this, this <laughs> bogus impeachment inquiry was to actually watch the Democratic members of Congress like swat the mosquitoes, and it was it was so easy to do because the MAGA Republicans would like read a paragraph and then they would read like the first sentence. And not like after the comma. And like it was like, <laughs> and then you'd have like the Democrat go, yeah, but keep on reading. Like it wasn't even like a difficult cross exam. Like you're just going to stop there or, or yeah, but like again, it was like a cross exam. One of the first questions they asked, they brought three witnesses who weren't even fact witnesses. And the first question the Democrats asked them, one of the first questions were, so do you have any evidence to support? The, the claims that the Republicans are making against President Biden. And they go, no, we don't. No, or, no, no, okay. no. So during the time period that you're talking about, who was the president? I always love that one from Krishnamurthy. Who was in, who was in president? Well, uh, President Biden was, uh, he's thinking about running. 
who was the president. I'm not sure what? I understand the question. Uh, I, 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 who was in office? Was Donald Trump in office during that time period? Yeah. So what you're complaining about is something that happened not only when Biden was not the president, but when Biden was just a private citizen and not even the vice president. And you're saying Donald Trump, what? Was Bill Barr in on it? And Bill Barr was this deep state agent with the Trump appointed AUSA. Um, and they were working together. The United States attorney was working with Bill Barr to help Biden because they knew in the future that Trump was going to get into a fight with Barr. And that, like, to believe the MAGA stuff, you have to, like, go. Bill Barr was in on the conspiracy, the Republican FBI director was in on it. All of the Republican federal prosecutors, Trump's lawyers in the White House were, were, were all in on it as well. And the only people with the secret knowledge is Donald Trump, Sidney Powell, not Sidney Powell anymore, Donald Trump, Jenna Ellis anymore, Donald Trump, and Ken Chesney, not, not Ken Chesney anymore. They're, they're all in on it. They're all in on it too. All right, I'm losing track of it. All right. So the only people in the world who have the secret answer is Donald Trump and a man who farted on Jenna Ellis, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> and those are the only two people. Those two, they have the secrets and everybody else is part of this massive yeah. conspiracy, the yeah. likes of which nobody's ever seen. Anyway, going back to my mosquito and fly. So this is a quote from uh, Jim Comer, James Comer, uh, the form, the head of the oversight committee who was formally running this impeachment inquiry, which I guess is no longer um, happening. Quote, I don't know that I want to hold any more hearings, to be honest with you. And then he goes that uh, it's hard to keep members present for hours on end. Just hard to keep them seating there. So many other commitments. That, that's, what he said, that's what he said. That's what he said. And I'm doing a James Comer impression. Hard to keep them there. And, and they've, they've had many other commitments. I prefer depositions. You can do a lot more with depositions. So let me also get this straight. You have all of these bombshells. Bombshell after bombshell. So after doing the first impeachment inquiry, which was supposed to be your foundation, now that you have the bombshells, you go, I would rather do secret depositions. I guess that – MAG explained that one to me. I guess that makes sense in, in MAGA world. I, right I, I'll, I'll MAG explain I'll, – I'll normal person explain it to you. Yeah? It's because when they do these closed-door depositions and aren't in front of television cameras, they're actually able to leave those meetings and then lie about what was said, exactly. manipulate testimony, cherry-pick testimony, go on Hannity, and make outlandish claims. And we already see James Comer trying to do this, right? We saw just this week, he, he was like trying to get back on the bike, right? He, he had a disastrous stuff. Uh, this was like the one hearing too when they made it a formal inquiry. They did it once. They hyped it up for a long time on Sean Hannity's show. He would be on every single night. They did one, got humiliated and called it quits. And now it's not that they're trying to stop the impeachment inquiry. That is completely bogus and an utter sham. They are trying to move it to the shadows because they know 
know now that people saw their game, now that it was televised, now that we covered it here at the Midas Touch Network and people saw the humiliation firsthand, saw what their scam was all about, they realized we can't make that mistake again. We can't can't get in front of the TV cameras. Let's try to find some other kind of sketchy people who we could get quotes out of. We could cherry pick things and we could try to just make Biden look bad for the election. Because remember, that's the whole point of this. The whole point of this is to try to weaken President Biden's support. And I wouldn't take it lightly because this is the same exact strategy that they used when Hillary Clinton was running for president. How do I know that this was their strategy? Because Kevin McCarthy said on Fox News to Sean Hannity that that was his strategy. He explicitly said that the reason that they were running the hearings on Benghazi were to hurt her poll numbers and bragged about the fact that it was working, that it was doing the job. So don't get it twisted and think in any way that this is a legitimate proceeding whatsoever. And also don't think that Comer's comment there where he goes, you know, I don't want to hold hearings, to be honest with you, is an admission that he's going to, that that it's him saying that he's going to stop doing this because he's going to keep doing this. He's going to keep tweeting out things that try to try to make them look suspect. Like, like he's already been doing this all week long. And so now we just have to see the schemes that he's working on in the shadows, you know, behind closed doors. And we need to all be immediately calling out these scams for what they are. But it says so much that he has backed off from these televised hearings after that complete humiliation. It's why they hate courtrooms. It's why they hate when testimony is televised, what they hate, when their depositions are broadcast. I mean, again, you see what Eric Trump is really like in that deposition. We see what these MAGA Republicans are really like in the sunlight when they held that disastrous impeachment hearing. And again, this is this is the way I speak when I speak to if anyone's, you know, in my life that's MAGA, I go, okay, well, if 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 you're so confident in it. Why aren't they hold? Where where's the second hearing? Why isn't that happening? If you if you believe that that's a bombshell, you would want a bombshell being publicly televised, right? So why not hold a hearing for the bombshell? And, and they may if if you want to argue with them over all of their Fox talking points and OAN and Newsmax talking points, you're not going to get anywhere, you know. And so so the way I do it is I go okay, but if that is your point. Let's just assume for the sake of argument, you're correct. Don't you think that you would want this? Don't you think you'd want that to happen? It's by the way, why I love what Judge Tanya Chutkin did, where she, in a minute order, requested an answer from Donald Trump and his lawyers about whether he wants the trial televised or not. Because Trump's been saying he wants it televised, he wants it televised. And while there are no rules in federal court to televise trials, in fact, the law in federal court is to usually not allow uh, televised trials. I like the way that she's saying, should we make an exception here? Because it's important. You're saying you want it. How do you feel about that? So we're going to make sure we follow that brief and talk about what is um, what Donald Trump's position is. And Brett, your point is, well taken as well, although not well received, that they're trying to undermine Biden in every way. 
the legacy media is complicit in this. I, I want to try to find this headline also from uh, the way Politico. Yeah, this is it right here. I, I haven't sent this to you, Brett, so don't don't worry if you're not going to be able to pull it up. Um, yeah, I'm not psychic, so I'm not going to be able to pull it up. So, so pol- after <laughs> President Biden announced this blockbuster United Auto Worker deal, not this is a great deal. This is how political Politico's headline was. Political danger for Biden receding as second automaker has deal with UAW. Political danger for Biden receding. Like they can't give him credit for anything. 4.9% GDP growth is some blockbuster number where if Trump was in office and there was 4.9% GDP, which there was not. If that was the case, that would be New York Times would be front cover. Certainly, the ones they can rely on, like New York Post and Fox, they would all have that front cover for sure. Economic mm-hmm. boom, boom, American Renaissance, the greatest economy of all time. 4.9% GDP growth, the lowest unemployment in American history. There's a specific boom also in GDP growth in factories and manufacturing workers, and you truly are seeing President Biden's vision of middle out and bottom up coming to fruition. We've got like 40,000 infrastructure projects across the nation right now. We've got, you know, it was funny, I I was speaking with with a banker recently, you know, and the banker told me, hey, you know, a lot, a lot of bankers are Republicans because that's the default. But whenever we have our conferences, we all talk about the economic boom that's going to be happening now because of President Biden. I thought that was so interesting when I had that conversation. That 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 that, that people get what's actually going on is nothing short of a miracle maybe slightly short of a miracle, but certainly exceeding everybody. I won't, I won't get carried away. Um, <laughs> well, also, Ben, put it in the context too. But um, certainly exceeding expectations by far where everybody was not just predicting recession, but frankly, it appeared at times that the legacy media was <laughs> was like rooting for it and trying to make one happen. Did you see the Bloomberg headline from their analysis from a year ago? This is over a year ago at this point. Bloomberg ran a headline that said they didn't even couch it. They said 100% chance of recession within the next year. Pathetic. They said 100% chance. They could have at least given themselves an out and said 99.9% chance and been, oh, I guess guess the 0.01% happened. But the fact is, over the past few years, the media has continued to doubt Biden. And also, the Republicans this entire time have been trying to destroy and blow up the economy at every turn. They've held like literal blockades at the border to try to slow down goods from coming in so that prices would rise. Like they have tried real devious things in order to screw up things for average Americans, in order to make Biden look bad so that they could win in this really cynical 
twisted way. That was the political calculation that they made. And in the face of all that adversity, we've seen all the bills pass under the Biden administration. We've seen him stand by workers with the UAW. And he really put his neck out for the UAW workers and showed in the most pro-union effort of a president, perhaps in history, at least in a very long time, standing Mm -hmm. with workers on the picket line, when have you ever seen that image in your life? And the contrast of him, President Biden, standing alongside with picketing workers, and then Donald Trump going to a non-union plant and telling the picketing workers that they're picketing for the wrong things, and that they're not going to get what they want, and that they're screwing themselves, and that they're going to hell. These are things that Donald Trump said at a non-union plant directed at union workers. The contrast could not be clear, and now that is actually bearing fruit. Now we're seeing all of these deals actually get made, and we're seeing the union workers win big. GM and the UAW reached a tentative agreement. It was announced today, and President Biden spoke about it today during a ceremony. Uh, This comes after tentative agreements have been made with Ford and Stellantis. Uh, These mirror the agreements that have been with Ford. I haven't seen the specifics of this deal, but they are saying it mirrors the Ford deal, which includes a 25% wage increase along the life of the four and a half year contract. That's a bigger wage increase than these union workers have received without going on strike in more than 20 years. So when you talk about are strikes effective, is this sort of collective bargaining, is this sort of collective action, is it worth it? Donald Trump spit in their face and said, you're picketing for the wrong things. So is it worth it? Well, they just got a 25% wage increase when in the past 20 years, they have not gotten that sort of wage increase. And that wage increase goes up to over 30% when you include the cost of living adjustments that are also included. It's something like a 33% increase. That is, to quote President Biden, a big effing deal. And now I won't just quote President Biden myself. Let's go to some of the things that President Biden had to say about this. As I said, President Biden has really stood by the workers throughout all of this. And President Biden talked about standing in solidarity with the UAW workers and their right to collectively bargain and about these record contracts that they achieved. I'll play this first clip of President Biden. Before I begin, I want to explain why I was delayed a few minutes. I've just spoken with uh, President Fain of the United Auto Workers. And uh, let me say a few words about the UAW and the big three automakers, Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis. They have reached a historic agreement. These record agreements reward auto workers who gave up much uh, to keep the industry working and going during the financial crisis more than a decade ago. These agreements ensure the iconic big three can still lead the world in quality and innovation. Due to the commitment and solidarity of the UAW workers, we'll exercise their right, their right to uh, collectively bargain. They want a record contract with over a 30 percent increase in wages, greater retirement security and more paid leave. And the commitment by the big three to create more full-time middle-class jobs and invest tens of billions more dollars in plants and factories building automobiles future here in America. 
You know, it was an important point that uh, President Biden made also that I feel like a lot of people don't speak about that much, which is that these workers, you often hear one of the kind of criticisms from the right when you say things like, well, these companies are earning record profits. Don't the workers deserve a pay increase? And that is often met with a retort to the effect of, well, if they were doing poorly, would you cut their pay? Well, this isn't a hypothetical situation. Mm-hmm. When the economy crashed, when these industries were threatened before they were bailed out and saved, actually, by Vice President Biden then and President Obama at the time, you know what these workers did when their companies were struggling? They did take a pay cut. They did take a pay cut. So now it's only right that when these companies are actually getting record profits, they're doing better than they've ever done in history. That's some of that is passed along to the workers that are making it possible and that they are setting up these workers to be there for future technologies like electric vehicles and that they are involved in the production of what is going to be the future of the American automobile market. In the second clip, Biden talks about worker power. Once again, the solidarity of standing with workers and the good economic news. Folks, look, today's historic agreement is yet another piece of good economic news showing something I've always believed. Worker power. Worker power is critical to building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up. And so is economic growth. We just learned that our economy grew 4.9% the last quarter, the highest growth in two years, just as inflation continues to come down. We've more to do, but we're finally beginning to build an economy that works for working people, for the middle class, for the entire company, the, the entire country, including the companies. Because when we do that, the poor have a ladder up, the middle class does well, and the wealthy still do very well. We all do well. You mean he's not talking about Viktor Orban? You know, he's not saying that Russia shares a border with Hungary. You mean he's not yelling at the lights? He's not cursing? He's not just making grunt noises? You mean he's talking about issues like the economy and tangible strategies to build our economy? You mean he's talking about lowering prescription drug prices? He's talking about confronting things and solving things? He's talking about education. He's talking about protecting seniors. You mean he's talking about protecting a woman's reproductive rights? I mean, you're telling me that he's talking about jobs and working conditions. He's talking about things that Americans care about and think about? You mean he's not saying, I'm a really handsome man, huh? Aren't I so handsome? You mean he's actually, I mean, he's not writing in all caps and type having typo after typo? What, 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 what? I mean, that's the thing though, too. Billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars are being spent to try to manipulate the American people into believing that the person that you just saw has the same characteristics as the person that you saw earlier in this podcast so that they could just go, you know what? It's all bad on both sides. And so I'm just going to go with, I'm just going to go with the conservative one even though one's not conservative, Donald Trump's not conservative. If they could create with billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars, potentially hundreds of billions of dollars, manipulation of 
with with flooding the zone with false information so that when people think about Biden, the exact traits that Trump actually exhibits, they can conflate. Well, then everybody's just so confused and 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 doesn't know what's going on. It just it all seems corrupt. It all seems bad. If they could just demonize Democrats, and this is what they do to say that Democrats are worse than Putin, are worse than Russia. That's what the arguments that they say. How horrific is that? And then when you have a situation like what was going on with the Speaker of the House and the vacancy that was there for weeks on end, and Democrats saying, let's come up with something, what do they do? They pick MAGA Mike Johnson. They pick the most extreme of the extreme of the extreme. Someone who says that mass shootings were caused by no-fault divorces? Somebody who was the main author of the briefs that were submitted to try to overthrow the results of the 2020 election? I mean, you couldn't create a character of a more religious extremist than MAGA Mike, who they have as the Speaker of the House right now. And then what's the first thing that MAGA Mike Johnson does? You know, in in a in a aid package that President Biden, foreign policy, right? Where it was usually the executive asks for funds, and when it and and and, and Congress has oversight, but but Congress is usually willing to support our allies abroad. And the fact that you have a MAGA Republican Party that refuses to fund Ukraine and has created this Frankensteinian funding package where if funds were to go to Israel, then correspondingly, there would have to be a $14.3 billion um, uh, rescission of funds given to the IRS, which will actually increase the deficit. You know, all of those studies by the CBO have showed that when you actually have a well-funded IRS, one of the things that have changed is actually more people who have who deserve to get refunds, more people who should not be taxed. Most Americans are enjoying the benefits of that. And the real people who don't want IRS to be funded well are billionaires and decamillionaires who are worried that that means enforcement actions against them. And that if the IRS is funded, they'll be able to go through these returns and say, that doesn't really make sense. That doesn't make sense. And the same scheme that Donald Trump is running, where he puts an army of lawyers to try to delay, delay, delay perpetually, oh, that's what that's what a lot of these billionaires and decamillionaires are kind of consistently doing. And so that's why they say defund the IRS. When the IRS is well-funded, more tax revenue is collected. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, the $8 billion deficit was caused by the MAGA Republicans. So I just want to say this very clearly, which is MAGA Republicans are lying and claiming they want to reduce the deficit that they created by defunding the IRS and tying that with a national security package. I can't even I can't think of anything kind of just more gimmicky and kind of irresponsible than that. And 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 let's be clear, you know, as we get closer to the continuing resolution, 
you know, I believe that with MAGA Mike extremist in place, that these are a group of people, and I, I, I actually think that they're that they will pass a continuing resolution in in November. And and here's where I think their plan is. So I just want to call it out now, so you all see it. And I think I have a good predictive record here. They don't want to prematurely destroy our economy, right? They want to wait a little bit to try to cause maximum damage is what I think they're going to try to do. So I think they'll pass a continuing resolution. And also because a lot of these MAGA Republican members of Congress want to go home for the holidays because they're lazy too. And then I think they come back in January. Now you're in 2024. You're in the election year. And I think that's when they're going to try to um, uh, not fund the government. And, and, the, and they're worried that the economy's doing well. That's a really screwed up way of thinking about it. But look how they all acted with each other when there was a speaker vacancy. Th- that is how they view their job. And the fact that they view Democrats not as fellow Americans. I, I view Republicans as fellow Americans. I mean, I think this MAGA mutation is wrong, and I think it is very problematic. But they view everybody else, rhinos, Republicans. Bill Barr is apparently a Democrat now. Bill Barr is a rhino, apparently. <laughs> think about that. Bill Barr, Bill Barr is now not extreme enough for them. So Bill Barr is a rhino, all these kind of rhinos, they want to kick out. And think about what they're going to try to do and how they are framing this and and how they treat Democrats and and how they view it. It it is through this lens that needs to be called out the way we are calling it out here. And when I say we, you're you're involved in that. You're, You're the most important part of this because... One of the advantages this community has that all legacy media doesn't have is that when this show ends, that's when the work begins. And that's a powerful tool. When you take the insights that you learn here and you share it with that family member, you tell them, hey, just watch this clip, watch this section, watch this. And I've seen all of the comments because once you show it to someone and they watch it once, they go, it opens up eyes because it's evidence and data-based, and that just isn't out there. And so now the work begins, thanks to you. And as part of that work, I do want to remind everybody about the Virginia elections, November 7th, and what's at stake there in Virginia, where Glenn Youngkin, with his sweater vest MAGA version, which is equally dangerous, is trying to flip the state Senate to push very... Uh, draconian abortion bans there. That's what they are trying. They're trying to package MAGA extremism in a vest. That's what they're doing in Virginia. And it is so critical that if you're in Virginia, you're near Virginia, or if you have the ability to reach out to people in Virginia, um, that you take action and you make sure you're reminding pro-democracy voters in Virginia to vote. Do everything you can to make it up. We're going to do a video about that tomorrow um, with our friend Simon Rosenberg, and we're going to post it on the network and also give some tangible action items about what you can be doing in in, in, in the next few days. I want to thank everybody for unlocking 
the Judge Arthur and Goron. There's nothing more I enjoy watching than seeing Judge Ngoron's face uh, show up in the emoji form uh, throughout, <laughs> throughout, throughout the chat. Um, we'll keep you posted on some of the testimony that will be taking place this week. We showed you a preview of what Eric's testimony is going to look like. <laughs> so it's, going, it's going to be brutal, but we will be covering that here. We'll keep you posted on the outcome of the disqualification trial if there's indeed an outcome this week. There's a lot going on. A November 1st hearing before Judge Cannon to see if she's going to delay the May 2024 trial. If she does, let's look for Fulton County District Attorney Phony Willis to swoop in and ask for a trial date there. So there's some strategy going on there. And then we got our after show. We're going to show in our after show that clip that Jordy teased earlier when we spoke to Mary Trump and she told us this was early Midas stage. This is early Midas. Vintage, this is some vintage immature. 2020 Midas. <laughs> this is some immature Midas brother stuff. Um, that we're the best be kind of Midas brothers. The you best know, kind I, of Midas brothers. <laughs> I, I, I want to I say this too. For fans of Mea Culpa with Michael Cohen, we do have a big update. And I want to tell everybody here who is watching right now and who's listening to this podcast that Mea Culpa with Michael Cohen is moving entirely to the Midas Touch Network. So you're going to be able to continue to watch it like you always have been on the Midas Touch YouTube channel. But now it's going to have a new feed that is exclusively run by us here at Midas Touch. And so if you are a current listener of Mea Culpa with Michael Cohen, you need to re-add the show to your favorite podcast apps. So the new Mea Culpa with Michael Cohen, there is a link in the description right here that has a link to all the major podcast platforms where you could re-add the Mea Culpa with Michael Cohen show. The new artwork for the Mea Culpa show, it's a blue background. Blue, That's how blue, it's blue, 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 like vote blue. It's a blue background, and that's how you could differentiate between the the new episodes that are going to come with Mea Culpa from the old episodes. Because if you're uh, subscribed to that the red feed, you're not going to get going to get any new episodes anymore. You need to add the blue feed. It's 100% free. Whatever podcast app you use. Go. The only major one that it's not on right now that we're still waiting for to add it is Google Podcasts, but it's on just about every other major podcast app right now. And we also have in the link in the description, there is a link directly to the RSS feed. So in the interim, if you're using something like Google Podcasts, you can manually add the RSS feed to your podcast app or whatever podcast app that you use. So make sure, go right now, add the new Mea Culpa podcast run exclusively by the Midas Touch Network. All right. Patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. We don't have outside investors. It's one of the ways to build this network. Another way is through the emojis. We'll have another emoji challenge on Thursday's episode. Ooh. I'm looking forward to recording the after show right now. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch, spelled M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H. Thank you all so much for watching, 
It's a great episode. We went through a lot, discussed a lot, and um, I'm ready to take action. I don't know about you. I'm ready to make sure voters are registered. I'm ready to make sure I'm spreading more news about democracy. And thank you all, members of the Midas Mighty. You're so great. We're so grateful for you. And every morning I wake up and I'm thankful to be a part of this community that you all created. Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty! The Midas Mighty standing strong Against the fascists we sing our song At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right. Gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.